Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. In the mid-60s, a high school kid watches his mare every day for signs of foaling. With God's providence, he is able to be there when a little sorrel horse colt with a white streak down his nose takes his first breath. His mama urges the young colt to his feet, and the young cowboy makes a promise. And he says, I'll always take care of you no matter where you are, and I think I'll call you Blaze. The boy and the horse grew up fast together, both being dependable, if not a little rank, around the edges. A couple of years later, a little lady comes into the picture, and the newlyweds travel Texas, working on ranches, and everywhere they went, Blaze went also. A couple of years later, a new cult arrives. People come from miles around to marvel at how good-looking this young cult was, while patting the same cowboy on the back in congratulations. Nobody had ever seen his like in that country. His mama urged him to eat and the young cowboy makes the same promise again. I'll always take care of you no matter where you are and I think I'll call you Kevin. Got that? Did you see what I did there? Well, yeah. But life isn't always fairy tales and fancy promises. The young family continues to grow and new adventures and new careers seem exciting but everyone's hearts are still heavy. You see, one day they came home to find a strange set of tire and trailer tracks out by the pens and Blaze was gone. There's another person in the book of Daniel that comes in and steals something. He actually steals everybody in Jerusalem. His name is King Nebuchadnezzar and his story is told in Daniel chapter 1 through, about 1 through 5, we should say. King Nebuchadnezzar is the most powerful man on earth. He rules the known world, and he goes in, and he ransacks Jerusalem, and he takes all of those people as slaves and goes back to Babylon, which is in modern-day Iraq. King Nebuchadnezzar takes the most handsome and bright young men and enlists them into his service. King Nebuchadnezzar goes in there, and he tells his people, he's like, look, of all of these people that we brought in, Go in and find the most handsome and the smartest people and let's train them up. Because you don't get to be the most powerful man in the world by just sheer strength alone. Nebuchadnezzar was smart. Okay, He knew how to use people. And if there was somebody that was handsome and charismatic and, and bright and smart, he was going to train them up in the Babylonian culture, in their language, and teach them everything they had known. And, and I'm serious. The, Babylon in those days, man, they were smart. I mean, they, these were not cavemen, ug, ug type people. I mean, there was astronomers and there was the written language. And Nebuchadnezzar came and said, find me the best and the brightest. Daniel is one of these young men, together with three of his friends. And the thing that I want to impress upon you the most is at this time, they are probably teenagers. Okay, so you teenagers that, that are sitting out there, you know, we all talk about men of faith and everything. Man, today we're going to talk about four men or four teenagers that start out in the service of the most powerful man on earth. 
He brings them in, they start training them, they start educating them, they start bringing them up. And as a matter of fact, the king thinks so highly of his new recruits, not just with these four, but from other people all across the lands, that he feeds the best and the brightest from his own table. And herein lies problem number one. Because see, Daniel asks Nebuchadnezzar's chief of staff if he cannot eat from the king's table. Because see, here's the deal. Daniel knew that the word of God, the law of Moses, said do not eat meat that has come from uh, animals that have been sacrificed to idols. And that's what, the, that's what the king's table was full of. I mean, it had fruits and vegetables and, 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 and I'm sure Rice Krispie treats and stuff like that. But I mean, there was, there was uh, food that had been sacrificed to idols on there because not only did Nebuchadnezzar take the, the best and the brightest, but he also allowed everybody to worship their own gods. He was always looking for the next and greatest god. So here's all this food set, and, and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat are supposed to be eating from this table. I mean, Abednego, sorry. Are supposed to be eating from this table. But Daniel goes to the chief of staff, and he says, I don't want to eat from the table. And he's like, look, you got to. You're going to waste away. And then the king's going to wonder why you're wasting away. And so Daniel goes and talks to the chief of staff's attendant. and says, look, man, we don't want to, we're not going to eat that meat. Just bring us fruits and vegetables. He said, man, you'll waste away. And he said, no, test us. Test us for 10 days and see if we do not prosper. And in Daniel chapter 1, starting in 15, it says, At the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided by others. Here is four teenagers in a strange land taken into service by the most powerful man on earth. And do you, you know, we, we just kind of glance over this, but they are refusing to eat from the king's table. Do you know what happens when you refuse the most powerful man on earth, especially when he's offering you to eat from his own table? It's a death sentence. It's a death sentence. But they pray and they say, we're going to be loyal to what God says because in, in His Word, under the law of Moses, we're not supposed to eat meat that has been sacrificed to animals. So they don't. And not only do they continue to do what they're supposed to do and to be blessed by God, they overtake everybody else. They are healthier than everybody else because they are doing things the way God says to do it. See, a lot of people, you know, and I'm sure if you're here, man, I, I, I'm really hoping and praying that the reason you're here is because you love God, okay? And, 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 and whenever we say that we love God, we have faith in God, okay? We have faith in God. We're saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. But what, what's the bridge between those two things? Because we can say that we love, and we can say we can have faith, but there's a link in the middle that a lot of people, and for a lot of my Christian life, and probably at some point to my life today, there's a missing link in there that keeps me from growing. And that's called loyalty. Loyalty is the missing link between love and faith. If you really love someone, you are loyal to them. Many people claim to love God, but they are not loyal to Him and His ways. If you are loyal to him, you are loyal to his ways. 
One time I did, a, I, I did a sermon and we talked about, do you love God? Do you love God? Do you love God? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I love God. You know, you can see, you can see heads bobbing. And do you love God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then why don't you do things the way he says to do them? Because when he says do it this way, it's because that's the right way and you'll be blessed because of it. It's not necessarily a cause and effect, but if he says don't go down this road because it dead ends into a brush fire, don't go down that road because it ends in a brush fire. And he says, if you travel this road, man, I'm not going to bless you because you traveled it. It's going to be a blessing because you're doing it the way I said. I've got everything set up down this road right here. You'll never have to worry about what you eat or drink or anything. You just do things the way I say to do them, and you'll be blessed because of it. If we love God, if we say we have faith in God, why are we not loyal to him and do things the way he says to do them? But what about eating food? I mean... We don't have to really worry about that today, okay? I I don't know that any of us has ever ate food that has been sacrificed to a foreign god, okay? We, We just haven't done that. But it was very important, even though it might have seemed like a small matter. They might have been able to make the excuse, well, the the most powerful man on earth has told us to eat from here, and if we don't, we're going to die. But they didn't think of that as a little thing. We might think of things like that as little things, but they didn't because their loyalty started with little things. And as a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Jesus himself says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large things. If you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. In another verse, he said, if you are, if you are uh, good with a, if you can be trusted with a little bit, more will be given unto you. But if you can't be trusted with a little bit, God's not, if you can't do this small thing, he's not going to do these great big things through you. And I don't know that there's a single one of us out here that are saying, I hope God never does something great through me. But why would we say that? If we have a relationship with God and we say we have faith, man, don't we want to do that? I mean, you think about it, in, in, you know, over in Syria and stuff, man, there's some people chopping people's heads off for being Christians. And sometimes I wonder, and, and I think that we've all kind of thought about this, if somebody said, man, hey, you either deny your God or I'm going to chop your noggin off. Would we be able to say, man, swing hard and true, buddy? I think all of us would like to say, yeah, that would be me. But you know what? If we can't even be loyal and faithful in little things, you're not, you're going to cave way before that. So it's not these, these little things. We might think of them as little, but they are vastly important. I mean, look at that verse right there. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. And isn't it funny when he says the reverse of it, the word he uses is dishonest. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Loyalty in little things. And, and you know, let, let, let's just, I'm not saying that there's any little thing, okay? This is more of our human minds trying to grasp an infinite, omnipotent God. But one day we were talking about sins at, at, at the cafe, and I took three straws and I held them up, you know, kind of below the table, and I asked the guy sitting across from me, I I had one that was up above the table about this high, one about this high, and one about this high. And I said, which of these straws is bigger? And he said, well, the one on the left. And then I said, close your eyes. And he closed his eyes, and I threw all three of those same size straws on the table, and I said, which one was it? He goes, well, there's no way to tell. That's the way God views sin. So there are no little things to God. But, 
you know, we're not God. We can't think the way God does. But think about these. Can you be loyal in the little things? Okay? Now, most of us have never killed anybody. Okay? So, you know, and, and, and hopefully most of us have never had an affair or something like that, that that Christianity would call, like, you know, the big sins. But how about this? Can we be loyal in the little things? The Bible says don't gossip. Don't talk trash about your neighbor. But how many of us are guilty of that? Nearly every single one of us. Jesus says, man, if you can't be trusted with the little things, more won't be, you'll be dishonest with the bigger things. We, and, and, and I'm just as guilty as y'all are, and I know you're guilty because I'm guilty. We've all done it. But, man, if we can't be loyal in something as easy as just don't talk trash about other people. If you've got a problem with somebody, Jesus once again says in Matthew 18, 15 through 19, if your brother offends you, go to that person and talk to him like a man. But do we do that? No, not generally. It's a lot easier to tell our friends and talk trash about people. But we've got to learn to be loyal in these little things or these bigger things, man. We'll never get it right. How about this one? Don't grumble or complain. Man, I blew that one out of the water when I stepped outside this morning in the dark. That freezing fog. It's crazy. Ran right into it like a brick wall. You know, oh, man. But, but the Bible says, man, be joyful. Man, thank you, God, for the moisture. Keep everybody safe today. Man, those cows out there in the pasture, man, they, they need grass to grow and the grass needs moisture. So what do I have to complain about? We've got to learn to be loyal in little things so that we can be faithful in larger things, so that we can grow. How about this one? Let your yes be yes and your no mean no. Man, that may sound like a simple concept, but man, that's kind of a hard one. I wouldn't say that that was a little one, but maybe it's simple to understand. People say, well, I don't understand the Bible. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you need that explained, you may be fooling yourself, okay? And how about the one Ty talked about? Worry. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink. Doesn't your Father in heaven clothe uh, the birds in the air and the flowers in the field, and aren't you worth more than birds and flowers? Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come to die for flowers, okay? He came to die for you. But yet that little thing, just like worry, man, we, we just, ah, all the time. Every single one of us, all the time. And Jesus, I'm sure, is up there going, oh my gosh, how many times do I have to tell y'all? I'm going to take care of you. It may not be the way you want it to be, but I got you. I got you. Loyal in little things. Years go by, and the young family moves to a new city for a new job, and life goes on. But the sting of the theft still has a bitter taste. Then one day the phone rings and an old friend says, I know where Blaze is. Secret plans are made and the dad and his young son pull a mid-morning heist. They drive two hours back to where they came from and they wait for everyone to leave and when everybody's gone, a strange truck and trailer pulls up to their pens and a sorrel horse with a white streak on his face named Blaze is haltered and loaded into the trailer and brought home. Because you see, a promise had been made when that horse was born that he would always be taken care of no matter where we are. A man should keep his promises that he makes because his God does too. God keeps his promises to us just like he did to Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar has built a statue of himself made out of solid gold 
and makes a decree that any time there is any type of musical sound, a horn blows or a guitar strums or a flute plays or a harp twangs, that everybody is to fall flat on their face and worship this golden statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. And anyone who does not do this will be thrown into a blazing furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are the first occupants of this fiery furnace. So there, here, here we are in, in the Babylonian capital. The music plays, everybody drops, and there's three guys standing there like, I ain't doing it. And they know what's going to happen. They read the decree, they heard it, and suddenly after the music stops, they get up and the officials go and they arrest Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they bring him, they bring them before the most powerful man on earth. And they said, he did not do that. And in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then, listen to this, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? What a question. You are in front of the most powerful man on earth, and he says, if you do not bow down and worship that gold statue of me, I will throw you in a furnace, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my mighty power? You know, a lot of people have these little signs up in their house that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and, you know, amazing grace, and all of this stuff. I think this one should be on our house. Listen to what they say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, You want to talk about guts. Let's just say that. Let's talk about some guts. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) They're addressing the most powerful man on earth. They don't say, Oh, king, or my lord. They say, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves today before you if we are thrown into the blazing furnace. The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. They did. I don't know that they did that. I did that. But you know what I mean. The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Listen to this. If this don't get you fired up, man, you're dead. Okay? But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Ooh, dang. Okay? I mean, that, that, that is some courage right there. And I'm being very polite. That is some courage right there. That is loyalty. That is loyalty. Because Nebuchadnezzar has said, man, you, you got to worship the gold statue of me. That's who you will worship. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, it ain't happening. <laughs> oh, Nebuchadnezzar, it ain't happening. See, Not only should we be loyal in the little things, but we need to know that we have got to be loyal in worship, in what we worship. And 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 I've got some good news and some bad news, okay? The good news is you were made to worship. Every single person on this planet will worship something or someone. And the bad news is most people do not choose the right answer. They choose all other sorts of things to worship. God said you cannot serve both him 
and money. We worship many things instead of God. We, 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 we put all of our, our focus into families. We put all of our, our focus into hobbies or work or power or sports or kids even. We worship a lot of things instead of the one true God. And you were made to worship. You are going to worship something. And I implore you today to worship the only thing that can save you. The only thing that can fulfill you. And the only thing that will bring meaning into your life. And in verse 25. So they say that Nebuchadnezzar is not happy. As a matter of fact, he's so ticked off that he orders the furnace to be heated up to seven times the normal temperature. He kills people with setting number one. He puts it on setting number seven. And then he orders his two mightiest soldiers in all of the Babylonian empire to bound up, bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the furnace. It is so hot that the two soldiers that throw them into the furnace are burned instantly alive until they are dead. They die just throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. And then this happens in verse 25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. If you feel like you're in the flames of the furnace, think about what you worship. You are going to worship something. What is it? When you worship the Most High God, you can walk through the flames and not even smell like smoke. So not only that we got to be loyal in the little things, what God has told us to do. You know, I mean, sometimes people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. And I say, well, do what He's already told you to do. Because God is always telling us to do something. He's laying it on our hearts. We know we should do this or that or this or that. We should get into his word more. We should maybe pray more. Or maybe we should call, uh, call our mom or, or, or um, get back to, you know, fix a broken relationship. Maybe do some forgiving. Whatever it is, there are no little things. But even the things that seem like little things, we've got to be loyal in them. And then we've got to be loyal in who we worship. Because even Nebuchadnezzar said, the God whom you serve, the most high God. Who do you serve? Two brothers learned to ride on blades. They competed in 4-H play days and other little rodeos in and around West Texas. One time during the barrel race, a little boy named Jason fell off going around the last barrel. And instead of running off, Blaze stopped, turned around, and went back to the little crying bundle of boots and hats. The crying stopped when Blaze nuzzled the young boy to get up. Those in attendance watched and dabbed their sweaty eyes as they saw the connection that a little boy and a horse had. And it is this connection that allows one to be there for the other when they fall. There was another guy that had a similar instance to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His name is Daniel. 
The book of Daniel is named after this guy. And he doesn't experience a fiery furnace. Instead, he gets thrown into a lion's den of starving lions. King Darius is now the king, Nebuchadnezzar. You can go read his story in, in, in Daniel chapter 1 through 5. But now there's a new king. His name is King Darius, and Daniel is his top official. He, Daniel's like the vice president. He's the vice king, the vice or I don't know what you call him. But anyway, he's number two in all of the world. And some guys are jealous of Daniel, so they go in and they say to King Darius, you know, they, they go in and they kind of stroke his ego a little bit, and they say, hey, man, have you ever thought about this? We were thinking about this. Listen to us, King Darius. We think that maybe there should be like 30 days where no one is allowed to pray to any of their gods and only pray to you for 30 days. And, and what this does, King, is it just gets their mind on on. Who's in charge here? You know what I mean, King? Because you are mighty and you are great. And I mean, he's just drinking it. Like, yeah, yeah. 30 days and then they can go back to worshiping their gods, but they, they just pray to me for 30 days and that. And if they don't, we'll throw them in the lion's den. And they're like, all right. Can you write that down for us? And he writes it down. When King Darius learns that Daniel is seen praying three times a day towards Jerusalem, just like he always has... After the decree came out, I, I, I'm not going to read it to you, but after the decree comes out, it says that Daniel went to his room just like he always did and prayed to God three times a day facing towards Jerusalem. I love that. He's like, that means nothing to me. I'm still going to pray to my God. I'm going to go and I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to face the temple that is in Jerusalem even though I'm in Babylon and I'm going to pray to my God. And then he's turned in. And King Darius, man, he likes Daniel. He likes him a lot. And he tries to figure out a way not to do it, but he can't. He wrote the decree, and they're calling his bluff. And so what he says is, throw Daniel in the lion's den. So they throw Daniel. He falls into this lion's den, and they seal the door up with a big rock. And King Darius has to seal the rock with his own personal seal so that nobody will help Daniel, not even him. And in Daniel chapter 6... Starting in verse 18, it says this. Then, I'm going to fall off here. Then King Darius went back to his house. He did not eat that night. He did not want anyone to come and entertain him. And he could not sleep all night. The next morning, King Darius got up and it was just, just as it was getting light. And he ran to the lion's den. And he was very worried. Here's the most powerful man on earth. Can't eat, can't sleep because he's worried about his friend. He was very worried when he got to the lion's den. He called to Daniel and he said this, and it just gives me chills. Daniel, servant of the living God. He didn't say my servant. He said, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God been able to save you from the lions? Because you always serve God. And Daniel answered, King, may you live forever. My God has sent an angel to save me. The angel closed the lion's mouths. The lions have not hurt me because my God knows that I am innocent. And I never did anything. What does it say? I never did anything wrong to you, O king. You can be trusted with the little things. More will be given to you. And when you're loyal in the little things and you're loyal in your worship, and if you are loyal in your service, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God been able to save you from the lions? You always serve your God. 
we must be loyal in service. And what is service? It's what we do every day. Man, we, we, we've got to be loyal in the way we think. We've got to be loyal in our heart. We've got to be loyal in our soul. We have to be loyal with our hands. Because what fills your mind is where your loyalty lies. Man, Jesus said, uh, or not Jesus, but, but Paul said, to think about things that are holy. You know, Jesus did say, don't, don't worry about what you're going to do tomorrow. Don't let your mind be filled up with things that are untrue. Be in loyal service to me. Serve the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then everything else will be given unto you. But yet we put so much of our service into other things besides God. We, you know, what fills up your day? Worried about how you are going to feed your family. I don't worry about that anymore because God feeds mine. It's great. Sometimes there's tomatoes, but that's okay. You will either be eaten alive, serving the beasts of this world, or you can be saved by the one that they call the Lion of Judah. And think about this right here. Daniel is thrown into the lion's den overnight, and I can picture him sleeping beside lions, and the one that threw him in can't eat, can't sleep. See what the difference in serving yourself and serving God looks like? Now we need to get to that point right there. You'll either be eaten alive by serving the beasts of this world, or you can be saved by the one that they call the Lion of Judah. Be in service to only Him. And how do we do that? By loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. It was a Friday night, and most of the family was doing what everybody else in West Texas does on a Friday night in September or October. We were at a Friday night football game. But the father was with a bunch of friends, roping. Blaze and the father came out of the box, and Blaze stumbled bad. Not thinking too much of it, they loaded another steer. Blaze backed into the box. And when the chute opened, the faithful horse followed and fell. The father was able to get Blaze to his feet, and he led Blaze by the reins, evaluating what might be wrong with his lifelong friend. About halfway to the gate, Blaze went down again, only this time with his tongue hanging up the side of his mouth. The vet was called and arrived shortly. Blaze had had a stroke. Your father brought you into this world and called you by name. He knows every hair on your head. He stole you away from the arms of death by sending his son to die in your place so that you could, he could swap his righteousness for your sins and his son was punished and you are called holy because of the blood that was shed on the cross. He stole you away from the arms of death by offering his only son as a sacrifice for your sins. He has been there to lift you up every single time you have fallen. Have you been loyal to your father? And will you come out of the box one last time and serve him until the very, very end? Because you see, Blaze went out of this world the same exact way he came in, in the arms of his father. He went out of this world the same way he came in, in the arms of his father. What about you? Will you leave this world the same way you came into it? In the arms of your father. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our lives and forgive us for our sins. We have constantly chosen things other than you to, to worship and to serve. Let us come back to you today and begin a life of loyalty in service to you and you alone. The little things in how we worship and how we serve. Let us be the beacon of light in this dark world and may your sun shine through us until the very end. 
and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. There is something special. Listen to me close. I'm challenging you today. I'm calling you out. Man to man, man to woman, however you want to look at it. I'm calling you out today, and I'm challenging you to look at how loyal you are to God and the way he says to do things. Loyalty is the missing link between love and faith. If you love God, you will be loyal to him, and the more loyal you are, that is what faith is made up of. So I am challenging you to read his word, to know the way that God says to do things, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, to do things the way God says to do them, to not talk trash about your neighbor, to not go around and worried about everything all the time, to let your yes be yes and your no mean no. You will be amazed at the results, and you will be amazed at the fires that you will be able to walk through. God never said there wouldn't be fires. He said that you wouldn't be harmed by them.